Welcome to the House of Worship podcast. We hope you are blessed by today's message. For more information, visit our website at www.myhouseofworship.org. What is the Lord saying? Uh, when will this be over? Uh, what is happening? All indicative of people looking for uh, something that they can hold on to, uh, a hope that is stable, an assurance that they can navigate, and, and the certainty that they, there's something that they can look up to. And in all this, the thing that is most stable is God his word and who he is and what he offers us. So in the midst of the changing seasons, this is what I'll call it, in the midst of the changing seasons, uh, we need to hold on to him who never changes. He, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's been here before. He will always be around, and he has what it takes to help us to navigate. And, uh, and I, I trust that in this season, you will begin to... And, uh, and let the word of God uh, influence your mind. Let it influence your soul. Let it influence your spirit. Uh, please, yes, we know there's a lot on, on going on on social media, just like I am now on social media. But uh, you don't want to let that replace your, your reading of your word. You don't want that to replace your ability to pray by yourself. Sometimes I like to challenge us that if you look at the patterns of Jesus, he prayed most of the time by himself. Praying with others was far and in between. So if all your prayer is praying with others, then you need to figure it out and find out how you can grow in praying by yourself. Now, I'm not saying that disconnect from the prayer gatherings. Usually those who don't pray by themselves don't even have an appetite to pray with others. Yeah, so if that's all you do, please do not disconnect. Keep it going, but develop the praying by yourself. Is that clear? For example, you know, some of us started learning how to, uh, to read and, and, and enjoy the word of God by fellowship. Now, that is not all we need to do. It just gives us a jump start so that we can learn how to read the word by ourselves, study the word by ourselves, and it's important that you... you Come into this season understanding this as we navigate. Now, in the natural, what we see is the isolation. What we see is the uh, being in families. What we see is learning how to stay by yourself. You don't need another person to make you happy. You should learn how to become happy by yourself. You cannot depend on others to, to, to get you going. You need to learn how to get yourself going. Now, what am I saying? It is time for us to lean on God. It is time for us to get to the basics. Now, we're finding out that uh, things that we thought were so important are not that important anymore. Uh, things that were ranked so high in your to-do list now has become uh, literally uh, somewhere you know, down the list. Now, whether you want to keep it down there or not, you're forced to do that. So it's time to understand that uh, being uh, alone with God is valuable. Uh, being able to steady your word alone with God is valuable. Understanding how to draw principles from the word of God is valuable. Now, in this season of, of needing direction, learning to hear from God for yourself is very valuable. It's never changed. It's still been the same. And I believe that God wept when Israel 
said collectively that Moses, why don't you go up to the mountain? Uh, we're scared of God. Why don't you go listen to God and come and tell us what God has to say? When in God's heart, he was trying to make a nation a priesthood, everyone to hear him. He's not saying that there's not going to be leadership, but he, his desire is that for every one of us to hear him. Jesus made it clear that my sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. So as we navigate this evening, I trust that God would, would open up your, your, the eyes of your understanding. And I trust that you will begin to uh, get a few thoughts together, how to navigate, how to walk with him. Now, walking uh, in, in with God calls for the use of skills. It calls for the use of discipline. It calls for the use of, of uh, uh, your, your whole life. It, it, it's demanding to walk with God. But the good thing is that his word says that if you walk with the wise, you will become wise. There's so much benefit in hanging out with God. So uh, there are a bunch of scriptures we'll want to look at. But you know, God in this season, I, I want to say to those of us that are faced with challenges that God in this season has, has enough power to keep us going. I want to read from uh, Hebrews 7.25 and I'll read from the uh, New Testament. And it says, Hebrews 7.25, it says, so that he has an uninterrupted power to save those that come to God by him because he ever lives to make intercession for them. Now, God has power that is uninterrupted. You know, we are seeing how the nations have been interrupted by COVID-19. But we're talking about Jesus. We are talking about our Savior, who has power that nothing can interrupt. No, no, uh, your, your, your feeling down does not interrupt his power. Your, your not knowing what to do does not interrupt his power. He has an interruptible power that can help every one of us that call on him. So that, those of us that are facing challenges, I, I pray today that you would access that in uninterrupted power and let the power of Jesus, let the power of the blood, let the power of the cross speak for you and your house. And in the midst of the pain, may the Savior, let the God of all comfort visit you. In the midst of your confusion, may direction come to you. In the midst of your uncertainty, let the one who is certain step into your life and breathe hope and joy into you. So hold on to him, hold on to his word, for he has uninterruptible power. I love that. I love that. And I love the fact that he always lives to intercede on my behalf. So when I am short of praying, he's able to raise a cry on my behalf. When you are short of praying, your Savior still is speaking to the Father on your behalf. And may the mercies of God that prevent us from being consumed, let those mercies arrest, let those mercies arrest those situations and keep you going. We thank the Lord for his goodness and his kindness. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, another phenomenon that is happening in the nations is that, you know, the nations that we thought were least resourced are the most apt 
in keeping up with the challenges. It's amazing that unfortunately, uh, then, you know, and it's nothing to gripe about. This is nothing to boast about, but just to see the mercy of God. Them that lack, God is still taking care of them. I just want to bless those that are homeless. I just want to bless those that don't have anything. That God is able to take care of them that don't have the resource to take care of themselves. God watches over the birds. And if he can take care of the birds when it's raining, for whatever reason, when is raining. The birds sometimes don't have a home to go into, but God takes care of them, and God will take care of you. God will take care of you. God will take care of you. Don't let the enemy whisper into your ears that the lack of that resource is going to make you become extinct. You are not going to die. You will live to declare that the God of heaven, he is able to do what he says he will do, for he is a tested hell in time of trouble. May the God who is able to rescue come to your rescue. May the God that is able to furnish you come to your furnishing. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, you know, another phenomenon that is also happening is that, look, there are a lot of people who are are mourning, not necessarily because of COVID, but because of the COVID-19, you know, even the way we mourn has changed. You know, you, can't, you don't even have the numbers anymore. But I just want to say that the God of comfort will find you. The God of comfort will visit you. In the midst of people not calling you, don't let your heart be distraught. In the midst of people not being able to find you, don't let your heart be distraught. L- understand that God is able to reach you and God is able to supply that comfort. God is able to comfort you. God is able to make you come up strong and may you keep your eyes on him consistently. I bless you with the comfort of God. Yeah. In Jesus' name, Jesus name. amen. So I want us to get with the scripture, uh, Proverbs 15, sorry, Proverbs 3, verse 5 to 7. We want to stick with 6, but we want to um, read 3 to 7. Proverbs 3, 5 to 7. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. You know, that's a, a huge uh, uh, request and a demand. You, you, you have to learn to do it. Uh, the fact that it's written doesn't mean that it happens. So you have to learn how to lean on God, trust in Him. Uh, how do you grow your trust in God? Uh, by testimonies. How do you grow your trust in God? By looking at what He's done for others. How do you grow your trust in God? By looking at your own experiences with him, learning to bring it to the forefront, learning to let it become things that you rehearse. Uh, Trust is not uh, uh, something that you get by by just uh, uh, an accident. You get by uh, looking at what he's done in others, looking at what he's doing in your life, reading the testimonies, the sure word of God, and that will develop trust in you. So trust him. If you've trusted him in one area, you can trust him in another area. You know, the trust for God, because he's stable, you can move it from one point to the other. So David can trust God with the lion, can trust God with the bear, and then can trust God with Goliath. God who saved you and saw you through 2019 is the same God that can see you through 2020. That's how you go. All right. So you trust the Lord with all your heart and then lean on uh, 
him. Don't let that which you have understood be all the understanding that there is. There are things I do not know. There are things that I need to grow up into. Truth is not only this, it's this and that. There are things that God begins to unfold. Paul eloquently said, when I was a child, I thought like a child. But when I grew up, so growing up gives you another set of insight that you can apply to life. It doesn't mean that everything that you knew in the past is wrong. Sometimes it's just not applicable. Listen, you know, medically, now we have to adjust the way we even take care of patients. Because Things have changed, and it doesn't mean that the old was bad, but it just means that we have to add on to what we know now. So we are in a season where you are going to deploy new things. Uh, this is the time where you can borrow that scripture that says that a wise man takes out of his treasure the old and brings the new. You join the old and the new. This is a season when you have a new idea. You just don't run uh, with it and say that that's, the, that's all there is. You need to learn to, to see whether it has any uh, uh, correlation with the old, to borrow the wisdom of the old to add to the new it, it, and, and so that we can move in this season that we find ourselves so in you learn to lean not on your own understanding god is ancient he has ancient wisdom he, he has he has current wisdom he he has wisdom that is futuristic uh, god is smarter than any ai you can imagine so please uh, let's learn to not lean on our own understanding uh, and verse 6 says that in all your ways, acknowledge him. I, I love that. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will direct your path. Other versions will say concerning the path, he would make it straight or make it plain. Uh, now, when we say recognize him, we're, we're, talking, we're talking about you got to think about him. You got to recognize him. Yeah. So in the midst of the, the challenging times, can you recognize God? One of the great questions to ask yourself uh, or ask God is, God, uh, what way are you trying to show me uh, about yourself? What ways are you opening up? to me about yourself. You know, God has ways. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher. So, you know, what are your thoughts concerning this situation? It's, it's cool to ask somebody else, but how about you having that conversation? Because everyone has a, a unique way in which God wants to minister to you. The mandate of God on your life is not the mandate of God on my life. And you need to learn from him. If he gave you the mandate, uh, what is his thoughts concerning the mandate? What is his ideas? How does he see you in your tomorrow? How does he see you in your now? And it's going to be very refreshing to hear from him and so move in the path that the Lord has for you. Listen, there is a path that is going to lead onto, onto blessing. You know, the Bible makes it clear that there, there is a way that seems right unto man, but the end is, is destruction. The end is confusion. The end is limitation. But the ways of God, the ways of God always bring us into peace, Bring us into much. He says, look at the path of the righteous. It's like the dawning of light that gets brighter and brighter. You know, with God is from glory to glory, from faith to faith. And, and God is going to help us as we, we journey with him. For he has a pathway for us. He has a, a, a way for us. We love to sing Waymaker. We love to say that he is, he is the way. But we need to not only say that, we need to walk with him and understand that if he knows the way, then he can direct us 
on the way. Listen, Siri is not as smart as the Holy Spirit. You know, Lexus is not as smart as the Holy Spirit. Uh, they're just satellites in the air that are learning to help us navigate. And, and these are AIs that we have uh, uh, introduced. But imagine the one who created us, the one who knows everything, the one who knows the beginning from the end, uh, and, and his ways, his ways are, 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 are unimaginable. God is, is able to help us. So he says that in all uh, your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path uh, or make straight or plain those parts. And then verse 7 says, do not be wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord and depart from evil. Uh, can I just make this announcement that this is the time to, to, to fear God. This is the time to recognize that you know, God is the everything. God is the maker. He, he's, the, he's the one who lifts nations. Uh, this is the time where nations should, should humble themselves. This is not a time, you know, it, it, just think about it. China is, is, say, for example, one of the, uh, the nations that is supplying everything to the whole world. But when the issue hit, it hit them first. It didn't hit those that didn't have, all right? This is a season where your plenty does not make you immune, all right? And if God is blessing, let us learn to say it is God that has helped us. That in, in, in that which God has helped us, we humble ourselves and help those who we need to help along the way. So can we look at how, how do we acknowledge him? How do we acknowledge him? Because, you know, in this verse, we are realizing that if I need direction, uh, then I need to connect to him. I put it this way simply, direction is very relational. If you, know what, if you want to know what I think, you've got to ask me what I think. You cannot ask me sometimes what I think if you are not uh, connected to me, all right? And, and you cannot get what others have if you don't have a form of relationship with them. Sometimes we want to know what God is thinking about this season, and we do not want to relate with him, but we're just interested in what he has. And sometimes God being who he is, he's rather slow in telling you stuff, all right? And it's not because he doesn't want to tell you, because his word is that direction is tied to relationship. Mary made it clear that these People who are in need need to learn to relate to Jesus. Mm. Jesus, who was a miracle worker, was, yes, invited. Think about it. If he was not invited to that wedding, that miracle would not have taken place. They did well in inviting him, but they did not acknowledge him as someone who could do a miracle, someone who could change their situations. So Jesus was in that gathering. The potential of the miracle was there. But what it took to get the miracle going was the acknowledgement of who he was. Now, Jesus was even trying to tell Mary, listen, my time had not come. Mm -hmm. Mary ignored that and said, listen, I know who you are. Mm -hmm. And who you are must answer to our situation now. Mm -hmm. So can you just uh, forget your timing and let's see what can be done. So she preempts the miracle and says to the servants, whatever he tells you to do, you do it. Meaning, recognize that out of his mouth comes instructions. Recognize that he is going to tell you what may not 
sound like what you want to hear, but if you would heed to it, something incredible will happen. So how do we recognize God? You, we recognize him for who he is. We recognize him as our wisdom. We recognize him as the one that can give us a solution for our crisis. We recognize him as the one that can comfort us in the midst of our challenges. We recognize him as the one who can train us to train our children the way they should go. We recognize him as the one who knows more of engineering than we do. We recognize him as the wherewithal. And once we do that, then we give him place to be able to speak. You know, we ought to understand that there's a principle, even in relating with people, that you ought to earn the right to speak. Yeah. Not only that, you have to earn the right <laughs> to get information from. So you don't get information from everybody. You have to be there, uh, have earned the right to be able to get information. You got to give permission for certain informations to be given to you. And that's all part of your acknowledgement. So I put it in other words that acknowledgement opens up that which is in God to have access to us. If you acknowledge then you are saying that you are invited to speak. An acknowledgement is literally an invitation for performance. When you acknowledge me, you are saying that now I can act in the capacity of who I am. All right? That's why it's important to learn how to address people in their capacity. So, for example, uh, you know, the president of a nation would be a normal Mr. or Madame, but once they step into that position, we recognize them as such, and then they function in that capacity. So if you don't, like a policeman who takes off the, his clothes, if he does not identify themselves, we don't accord them who they are. All right. So it's important to know that when we are acknowledging him, it means that we are recognizing him in our trouble. We are recognizing him when we are blessed. We are recognizing him when we don't know what to do. We are recognizing him. You know, Hezekiah taught us that lesson. He said, you know, when he gathered the whole of his people and they went into the temple, he said, God, you know, we, 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 we have nothing. We are about to be consumed. You are the one that can do this thing. He, he began to talk about God in his strength. He began to talk about God in who he was. He was literally acknowledging him so that he would manifest. I dare you to learn how to uh, uh, acknowledge him. You know, in your trouble, don't call him uh, as if you want him to be that nice God. Call him in the way in which he must come to address you. So do you need healing? Call him as the healer. Do you need uh, provision? See him as the provider. Do you need wisdom? See him. You know, sometimes we only look at Jesus as a savior. But in Corinthians, Paul said, Jesus is the wisdom of God. So when you call on him, you can call on him and acknowledge him as the wisdom of God. So that that wisdom that is needed for where you are would come in, into your life. All right? And when you need direction... Direction is too necessary to ignore when you're on a pathway. You know, you, you can stand on the pathway and still be lost. A lot of times we are lost not because of 
uh, where we're going, but it's because we don't know where we are. So the directions of God sometimes helps us to situate where we are. Because the truth be told, you will know where east or west is if you don't know where north is. So if you are facing south, your east and west is all changed. If you think that the north is the south. So it's important to, to allow him to relate to you. God is never lost. He's never taking on a words. He's not uh, uh, ignorant of my surroundings. So sometimes when he's telling me to be encouraged, you know, I am tripping, I am uh, feeling uh, confused, and he's saying, be encouraged. Now, you know, it, if I learn to acknowledge him, then I will learn to listen to that word of encouragement that is coming from his lips. Because if he's in my boat, then the boat, even if the boat sinks, even if the boat sinks, he will preserve my life. Yes. All right? I mean, there's no one who can swim more than him. There's, <laughs> he created a fish. So imagine, he, he, in the midst of the fire, he, he can do with the fire what the fire cannot do to me. Yeah? So we must acknowledge him. So this day, I just want to encourage you. Begin to acknowledge him. Begin to acknowledge him. In the midst of what you're going through, begin to acknowledge him. Don't let that problem become too big. Don't let the circumstances thwart who God is, but acknowledge him. Can someone say, I, I, I will acknowledge him. I will acknowledge him. I will recognize him. Now, let me, let me say this. You know, uh, you know recognition is, is such an important uh, concept. You know, what you don't recognize uh, does not necessarily go away but you don't get to participate. So for example, if I gave you a $100 bill and you didn't recognize it was a $100 bill and uh, someone came along and said, uh, can you give me $10? And you gave them the $10 and later they, they text you and thank you so much for giving them the $100, which incidentally you needed. You know, you're not recognizing the $100 did not change it to become a $10 bill. You know, so your recognition of God is too important for you to let it slide. These are days where you want to rub your eyes and say, God, can I see you? These are days when you, you, you rub your eyes and say to, to the Holy Spirit, can you open uh, my eyes? Uh, can you open the eyes of my understanding? May I recognize what is going on? May I recognize the voice? May I recognize what this whole thing is about? I've learned that, you know, lies could be said so confidently that if you do not recognize the lie, the confidence of the person telling the lie will make you believe them. But it takes a bit of your eye being opened to recognize that that which is being told you is not true. All right. May you be able. So we're not talking about this skill of recognizing. It's not just to recognize God. It's to also help you to recognize what is not of God. What is not being presented as God. So recognize him. Recognize him in the scriptures. Recognize him in your day-to-day -day affairs. Recognize him. You know, sometimes, you know, uh, this, uh, was it um, this Sunday? We, we got uh, caught up in... Uh, in a, in, a, in a little accident, and Pastor Sibo was reminding me, uh, because we, 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 we needed to get to another meeting, but she was reminding me that, hey, you know, don't try and get out of the space quickly, because we may have been put there for such a time as this, mm -hmm. all right? So it, it behooves you to, to understand and see God in the midst of your challenges, 
Yeah, it behooves you to recognize, you know, and sometimes the recognition of God in the middle of it takes the fear away. Listen, fear is real. Fear has a way of morphing our direction. Fear, can I say to us that fear is not a joke? Yeah, fear is something that uh, takes on a different dimension. Can I say also that fear has a spirit component to it? All right. So that's why uh, sometimes fear can be lingering in an atmosphere. That's why fear can be chasing and following someone. You know, that person is so fearful that it doesn't matter where they go, they're still afraid. Uh, that's why Paul would say to Timothy that God has not given you the spirit of fear. Now, you know, anything that has a spirit, literally, uh, the way I explain it simply is that has a life on its own. Uh, where it's able to uh, uh, keep perpetuating itself. So when someone who is fearful comes around you, sometimes unbeknownst to you, if you are not (laughs) aware, that same fear comes upon you. They begin to speak and that thing jumps on you. But I want you to understand in that same way, if God has helped us to recognize the spirit of fear, then he says that I've given you power, I've given you love, and I've given you a sound mind. So there's always something God has to deal with the fear. Now please, courage is not a, a, a presumption. Don't assume that the fact that you are courageous uh, means that you don't have a little bit of uh, uh, the consciousness of danger. All right. So I don't want you to walk in courage uh, uh, without knowledge. All right. Anyone who is courageous is aware of the challenges ahead. When God is saying to Joshua, I need you to be courageous, he's not saying that the problem is going away. He's just saying that you're going with me, I am with you, I am mightier than what you're going to face, and together we'll make a difference. So courage is not empty. Courage is not just a, 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 a presumption. Courage is not just going in ignorance. Uh, courage is because we know that our God is with us. And that when we are in tough situations, our God will help us and see us through. <laughs> now please, I, 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 can't, I can't wait to make this uh, clear to us. You know, in this same vein that we are trying to hear God, and we're trying to hear the instructions of God, and we're trying to receive direction, every one of us who hears God hears the devil also. Now, the importance of this is that not all the thoughts that you have are your thoughts. Wow. Yeah, and that if you don't get this straight or you don't understand this, there are some things that will come into your mind. There are some things that will be suggested to you and you would give them, you would think they are, they are authentic because you didn't identify where they were coming from. All right? It's imperative that you know that not everything you think about is God. Not everything you think about is yourself. Not everything you think about is coming from a good place. The enemy also throws ideas. You, you know, people pick up lies, not because someone told them a lie. People pick up things about others. You know, I'm sure some of us have come across people, you would ask, how did you know this? And they will say, well, I don't know. 
and they were not lying to you, they had it. Just as we hear the Holy Spirit, they also demons that are whispering. If you go to Ephesians 2.2, the Bible talks about the prince of the power of the air. There's, that is talking about the information systems. They are, you know, it falls, uh, 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 news is not a, a new thing, all right? So there's the injection of thoughts. That's why Paul would say in Corinthians, we cast down thoughts and imaginations that exalt themselves above the knowledge of God. So some of the imaginations that are floating in your mind are not coming from God. They are not coming from yourself. They are not because you have a fertile mind, but the enemy also takes an advantage of the fact that we are ignorant that he is able to, to purport thoughts to us, project information that we think may be coming from us. So those bad thoughts are not always because you are a bad boy. They are thoughts that are being injected by the enemy. They are not because you are a bad girl. They are thoughts that are being injected by the enemy. And what the enemy does is that he drops that information and backs off. Now, what you do with it is the issue. Yeah. All right. So if you don't give it rent space in your mind for it, that thought will die. If you learn to shoot that thought down, it will not survive. If you learn to replace that thought with a godly thought, it will not continue. So it's important to know that any thought that is exalting itself above the knowledge of God is not necessarily your thoughts. I get to say to you, sometimes when you have felt like killing your spouse, killing your son, because you are angry with them, it was not necessarily because it was your thought. Sometimes, yes, it was your thought, but some of it was not your thought. You know, the people who have all these suicidal tendencies, they are not all being generated by themselves. They are spirits that also get involved. That's why I encourage us not to use our mouth loosely. I, I, by saying things, I'm tired of living. By saying things like, I, I, I don't know what to do. Uh, let death come from me. Those things are permission granting statements that allow spirits that are looking for a landing pad to land on. Your mind is too fertile to lend it to the enemy. Your mind that God has given you is too fertile for the changing of lives and nations for you to lend your mind to that which the enemy is doing and saying. Listen, you know, in this season when we, we all know the symptoms of COVID-19, Right? Now, I'm talking about the symptoms. So anytime you have a body ache, you begin to have fear that you have the COVID-19. When things are not going well in your body, all of a sudden, it's like those of us who, who have become self-medicators. We medicate because the symptoms, we are not fully aware. And, and those thoughts lead us into things that we ought not to do. So please, I need you to learn to listen to the Holy Spirit. The fact that you have a cold doesn't mean that you have COVID-19. The fact that you have a cough does not mean you have COVID-19. And don't let the enemy put fear in you and let what is not become what it ought not to be. May the peace of God settle this. May you become a hearer of God's word. May you become a hearer of God's word. May you become a hearer of the instructions of God. So now can we go to the book of Deuteronomy? I hope you are enjoying yourself. I hope, I hope you are growing. There's something about the word of God that grows me up. I hope it's growing you up. It's not about how eloquent I am. You know, Paul taught this. He said that I did not come to you with enticing words of 
man's wisdom, but I came with power. I came with a demonstration of power. You see, the word has power in itself. And when it's released in its power, it brings transformation. In the book, he, he wrote, eloquently that be transformed by the renewing of your mind you know if you get the word of God into you your mind will be renewed you will not be the same any longer listen you are planted by the rivers of 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 living water and as long as you are planted by those rivers of living water and you are drawing from it you will bear fruit in your season your leaves will not wither whatever you set yourself to do it will prosper. And you know, God will continue to speak to you. Your, your ears are going to be sharpened. Uh, today, I, I remove every wax, literally, out of your spiritual ears. I, I remove every blindfold out of your, from your eyes. I, I declare that you begin to sense God. You begin to understand God. You begin to uh, know much, much more about how he talks to you and how he, he walks with you and how he directs you. So Deuteronomy chapter 8, we want to read three verses. Deuteronomy 8, I want to read three verses and we go into the book of Matthew. Deuteronomy 8, verse 1. Every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe. So God is saying to the children of Israel, you know, we're going to walk. Yeah, I'm going to help you. But whatever I'm telling you, I need you to be careful to observe it. Meaning, He's not giving you suggestions. You know, he's not saying that whether you like it or not, I need you to be conscientious about honoring that which I say. Then he says, that you may live and multiply. So my ability to live is based on what God says. My ability to move to the next level beyond just living into multiplication is to hear what God says. Listen, in this season where God is giving a lot of ideas, giving a lot of concepts, is, is helping some of us navigate the new turf. Uh, there's going to be an increase. There's going to be multiplication coming into your life, but it's hinged on you paying attention to what he says to you. And then he says, go in and possess the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers. There are things that I would begin to take a hold of because I walked with God. Verse 2, and you shall remember the Lord your God. You shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and to test you. So the journey was not just a journey. All right. The journey was not just a journey. It was a school. The journey was not just, uh, uh, shouldn't be looked at as a, just a mere uh, struggle, but it became uh, the classroom, it became the college, it became uh, the university campus to train uh, them, to bring them into the place where they walked in humility. So he said to humble them and to test them, to know what is in your heart, whether you will keep the commandments or not. Now, we're not going to spend time on that, but there's something about the journey that makes you learn how to appreciate God. Yeah. There's something about 
this season, that makes us know that, you know what? There is a God that still rules in the affairs of men. Then this is what I want you to take note in verse 3. In the process of humbling, there's one thing he brings up. He says, so he humbled you, allowed you to hunger. See, the, the secret of hunger is that it's a universal drawing force. Hunger is tied to appetite. Hunger has a way of determining what you will do and what you will run after. Sometimes we, we would say in the games, in, in championship games, who was more hungry for the cup? Who was more hungry for the trophy? Who was more hungry for the championship? Who was more hungry to be on top? There is something about hunger that repositions you. I've seen it in my house. All of us do it. When we all rush into the kitchen, it's because we are hungry. It becomes the, the meeting point. All of a sudden, everybody zooms out of their room, and then we are in the kitchen. You know, hunger drives us out of our rooms. May the hunger of God drive you to the place of drinking deep from God. So he said, I allowed you to hunger, and this is what he did, and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that it might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone. So look at what he's doing. He, he creates the environment that hunger is stirred up. Then he feeds them miraculously. That miracle was not just to feed them, but to show them an aspect of himself, to teach them how to walk with him. Listen, watch what God is doing with you in this season. This is not a day to be sitting down and moping and crying that I am God forsaking. You are not God forsaking. God is teaching us. God is training us. God is using this time to help us to become what we need to be in the days to come. So he says, you know, this thing that I fed them with, your fathers did not know. What God is going to feed us in this season with will not have a history. You cannot go into the history books to learn the strategies God has for us in this season. You cannot be bent in shape that nobody knows. God knows. He's going to give us ideas. He's going to give us a counsel. We're going to lean on him. And then he says this incredible thing. That he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone. But man lives by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Now, I need you to underscore that if it's your word, if it's your Bible. If, uh, uh, and man shall not live by bread alone. Now, now, what is bread? You know, bread is something that is created. Bread is something that somebody has to work on. All right? Bread is something that through the processes of, we know, natural bread, through the processes of sowing, reaping, getting the, the ingredients, putting them together, and, and forging it. So bread does not come by itself. Bread always in, is engineered by somebody. So it's either engineered, so God was demonstrating to them that, listen, the bread that you get is always engineered by someone, and you have to give recognition to that. All right, this bread that I'm giving you 
did not come from man. There's bread that comes from man, but there's bread that comes from God. Either way is bread. Paul made it clear that God gives bread to the eater and seed to the sower. There are two different aspects of the provision of God. But either way, God would always supply bread. To those that are hungry, bread is on its way. To those that do not think that they would eat tomorrow, I want you to know that God has the commitment of providing bread. You know, he, he, Jesus said that even the birds don't sow. You know, they don't sow. They don't reap. But God gives them bread to eat. You know, so the concept of, of, of trusting God, you know, we have to, as ministries, ministers listening to me, we have to trust God for provision. Even in these times, as businessmen and women, you've got to trust God for provision. Let's keep our eyes on God. There's provision that comes by the economy, but there's another provision that comes from the economy of God. We are the royal priesthood. Can we go to God and say, God, can you supply us from the royal coffers? Can you supply us from the supernatural? God is able to provide manna. God is able to supernaturally provide. And we, 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 we've seen what God did on Sunday. We saw how Elijah was able to take a few pieces of barley loaves and, and multiply it to feed over 100 men. I'm, I'm saying over 100 because it includes him. <laughs> All right. So at the end of the day, God is able to do all kinds of things with the provision of bread. But what he's saying is that you cannot live by that alone. He's going to provide the bread, but you cannot live by that alone. So the inclination that this puts in our hearts or the, the thoughts that this should begin to ring in our hearts is that there's a distance that bread can take you. Yeah. There is a place that bread can take you. But there's another dimension, another part of the journey that bread cannot take you. So if you're listening to me, can you begin to say, God, I receive the bread. And I also receive the word that comes out of your mouth. See, that's why Jesus said clearly that I am the bread of life. He was trying to distinguish between the bread that their forefathers ate. All right. Now. Even with that, can we just take a moment and look at that provision of that bread? When that bread was falling in the morning, they had to go out at a specific time to collect the bread. Now, they were supposed to collect that bread and they were supposed to eat that bread. Anyone who was trying to store that bread, that bread became maggot infested. That bread had a lifespan and it was based on the instructions of the bread. All I'm saying to us is that if you are depending on bread from man, it has a limitation. It has how far it can go. Now, there was another thing about the bread. You could not have that bread at a certain time of the week. When it hit the Sabbath, you could not have the bread. All right? That bread would not fall. The bread, the day before the Sabbath, was able to keep going till over. Listen, the instructions of God in this season concerning even what has been given to you, in, that constitutes natural bread. You need to listen to the instructions about it. This is not a time, for example, to be spending your tithe. 
This is not a time to, to eat your seed. It's not every amount of money God gives you that is bread. Some of it is seed. Some of it is bread. He gives bread to the eater, but he gives seed to the sower. So in this season, we want to go the way of Isaac. Remember two, about two weeks ago, we looked at the way of Isaac. He sowed in the land of, of, of the Philistines where he did not want to go. He did not want to stay there. He, he wanted to go to Egypt and God said, no, I need you to stay in the land of the Philistines and there sow in that land and I will bless you. All right. So we need to come to the clear recognition that, yes, he's going to give us bread. Uh, he's going to provide bread for us. But there is a limitation to that. But what is more important is the proceeding word of God. Yeah. What God is saying currently, what God is saying in terms of your journey, what God is saying in terms of your path, not what you had 20 years ago, but what is paramount for your journey. Now, I want us to tie this with Matthew, and we will close for tonight. So I want to take us to Matthew chapter number 4, and uh, this was uh, uh, verse 1 to 11, but uh, because of time, we just want to spend time with the first uh, part of it. So Matthew 4, let's read from verse 1. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Wilderness, wilderness. Hmm. All right? Hear it clearly. So we're, we're just trying to get some, some similarities here and, and draw from God's wisdom. So uh, these things all happened in the wilderness. All right? So, and when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights after he was hungry. Remember, Jesus is hungry now. All right? God also pushes the children of Israel through the wilderness. And by the instrument of hunger, he begins to teach them. Now, this is what happens. Now, when the tempter had come to him, he says, if you are the son of God, Command these stones to become bread. And he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Now, for, for, uh, uh, for purposes of just reading, uh, finishing this text, let me just read. You know, sometimes the word just washes us. We'll not major on it, but it will help us. All right? So let's continue. Verse 4. Then... He answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Then the devil took him up to the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. Jesus said to him, it is written again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Again, the devil took him to an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory and said to him, all these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus answered, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him alone shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, 
angels came and ministered to him. So uh, we see here Jesus sticking to the word of God. All right. Jesus stuck to the word of God with all the three uh, in- incidences of the temptation. Now, what is happening is that he's, he's in, he's in, uh, <laughs> he, he, he's hungry. Yeah. Hunger has a way of making you make decisions if you don't put your hunger under control. I can testify, you know, and I can say it openly. I, I you know when I was a kid, uh, sometimes my wife says I still do it. Yeah. But when I was a kid, I, I would cry because I was hungry. My mood changes when I'm hungry. I become angry when I'm hungry. I become unlikable when I'm hungry. Uh, I'm not, uh, 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 you know, I don't think straight when I'm hungry. You know, I'm so tunnel visioned when I'm hungry. And hunger, you know, hunger must be put under control. It is very vital when it comes to your walk with God. He says even uh, Jesus on, uh, uh, on the, uh, the Sermon on the Mount, uh, uh, he says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. They will be filled. Now, you, 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 you notice that what the enemy does is that he always questions who you are. Mm-hmm. He says, if you are the son of man, mm-hmm. if you are the son of God, if you are, it's the same thing. He says to Eve, uh, you know, he tries to make you doubt who you are. All right? And don't let the hunger change who you are. Don't let your desire. So this, that God was doing with the children of Israel in the wilderness was trying to get them to understand that they were connected to him. Their life source was him. They have to listen to him to live. They need to be attached to him. They cannot be disconnected from him. So what the devil did with Eve and Adam in Genesis 3 was to put doubt in their head. Make them believe that, you know, know, God is always trying to shortchange you. He's trying to limit you. All right. So now we are in a situation where things are tough. So it's easy to think that where is the God that provides? Where is the El Shaddai? Where is the one that sustains us? Where is Jehovah Rohi, our healer? You know, and he makes us doubt, but you cannot live by bread alone. You must live by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. All right? So the proceeding word, what is God saying? What is God telling you? What is, you know, so you always want to be careful not to let who you are, who God is, be challenged because of what you have not inquired concerning him. All right, so if you want to put these temptations into categories, you can see that the first one is the temptation of man or woman. All right, everyone will be tempted in that category. The second one is the temptation of priest. You know, has to do with power. The, the third one is the temptations of kings. That has to do with the last of the eyes. Uh, uh, you can put it in all kinds of categories. Money, male, and fame. If you're a girl, you can put it... You know, if you're a woman, you can say money, uh, uh, males, and fame. If you're a man, you can easily do it. Uh, girls, glory, and glamour. All right. It's the same thing. You know, it's the same thing, the enemy. But, you know, the first one always hinges on appetite. Always hinges on appetite. What has to do with hunger? All right? That's why Proverbs would encourage you that if you are given to appetite, when you are before a king, 
put a knife in your throat. All right? So your ability to, to, to understand hunger and what the hunger must be directed to, where it must be directed. So the hunger should not be always looking for what you can eat immediately, but what God is saying to you so that you can live beyond the appetite. All right? The hunger helps you know that you have limitations. Without provision, you can't go beyond the hunger. Now listen, when the enemy says you are hungry, we know even in medical science that hunger is one of the proofs that you are healthy. The loss of appetite is indicative of your body not functioning well. So hunger is proof that you are gaining back your strength. But it must be kept. It must be in control. You don't put everything in your mouth. Thank God for the mask. <laughs> Thank God that, you know. So we, 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 we must understand that God's word, God's word is necessary. Yeah. Now, I want us to uh, note this scripture in Psalm 138, verse 2. He says, I will worship towards your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and for your truth truth. Then he says that. He says this, for you have magnified your word above all your name. You've magnified your word above all your name. The word of God is magnified. The word of God is key. What God, you know, so that what God says is more important than whatever you can imagine. So, you know, so let's go back to understanding that you must hinge on the instructions of God. What it tells you to do is very important. What it tells you on a current basis is very important. What it tells you to do as we navigate is important. He's giving you the idea to start that business. Don't go ahead of God. You know, he, he always needs to give you more instructions. That's the way of God. He said to the children of Israel, where you are going, you haven't gone before. I need you to keep a distance between you and the ark so that you know where the ark is going so you can navigate. He keeps us in that place so that we will constantly lean on him. It's not because he cannot allow us to run we don't know where we are going. We are short-sighted as people. We are short-sighted as his creation. And he is the guidance to our lives. So today I serve you this word of God. I ask that may you sit with God. Whatever he's told you to do, can you sit with the Holy Spirit and say, thank you, I am in need of instructions. So number one, I want you to, write this down, that I would come around with God and his word. Yeah. I would come around God and his word. Come around the mandate he's giving you. You know, we're all in uh, quarantine. So, uh, you know, 
take the opportunity. It's, it's, he's teaching us. It's, it's, it's all part of the university we are attending, the college you are attend, attending. For some of us, it's high school. For some of us, it's elementary school. But we're still learning. So you, that, what he's telling you to do, you sit around there and you have conversations around it. Why? You need the proceeding word. Then two, you venture. It's time to venture in obedience. He says, you know, make sure you are doing what I tell you. You know, the preceding word means that we are going to be journeying, all right? He's not telling you so you go backwards. He's telling you so you go forward. You know, he's, he's not journeying with us so that we stay at one spot, but he wants us to go forward. And then the third thing is learning to rest in him, learning to rest in the word. What he says is good enough and can carry you. What he says must become for you what keeps you going. Jesus made it clear to the devil that man would not live by bread alone, but by every word, every word. My hunger will be taken care of because of the preceding word of God. The preceding word of God will take care of you. The preceding word of God will do you much good. May the word of God visit you today. May the word of God encourage you. As you go to bed tonight, may you hear the preceding word of God for tomorrow. As you wake up in the morning, may you hear the preceding word. May you be in that place where the word of God that has been spoken to you, which has a life on its own. You know, the word of God has power in itself to perform. His word would not return to him void. It would accomplish. The scriptures cannot be broken. What God says to you has power in it. He watches over his word. And check this out. You know, after Jesus had, had, had quoted to the devil, it is written, it is written, it is written. You know, the second time he said, why don't you just break the law and, and see that the angels will come and administer to you. He didn't need to do that. He stuck with the word. And what we read after is that the angels come and administer uh, strength to him and, and support to him. Listen, God would honor your obedience. God would help us in this season. May the Lord himself bless you. May the Lord himself honor his word that he's spoken to you. That idea will become an awesome idea that the nations will benefit from. Listen, for some of the ideas that we have, it's not going to be an international thing. It's going to be part of your coursework. So don't, don't be all razzle-dazzled when, when that one idea doesn't pan out. There are others that will pan out, but sometimes we need to do some project work. Some of us need to do certain things that will Get our fingers wet. And God is working with you. It's a journey. Remember, it's the path. Remember, we are journeying. Remember, there are things that are being taken uh, uh, into consideration as we journey now for the days to come. So may God bless you. May you be encouraged. May, may, may your spirit be lifted up. May you know that there is hope for us all. And I thank God for every one of you. Thank you so much for sharing uh, these moments with us. And we love you, we bless you, and we thank God for you. Now, lastly, uh, I, I want to encourage us to practice uh, what we learn. Uh, part of his word is that we learn to sow, we learn to give. And I want to encourage you to, to if you are going to give, you can go to the website, myhouseofworship.org myhouseofworship.org and hit the donation tab or you can simply go to paypal.me forward slash myhouseofworship paypal.me forward slash 
my house of worship. And I want to strongly encourage you to give. I want to strongly encourage you to sow in the things of God. And may God keep you. May God bless you as you honor him and as you honor his word. And I look forward to the testimonies. Can you text me? Can you uh, um, Facebook me? Can you uh, send a word to us of the good things God is doing in the nick of uh, the vineyard that you are taking? Uh, May God bless you and see you. We'll be back on Sunday. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the House of Worship podcast. We hope you enjoyed this message and were blessed by it. For more information, visit us at our website at www.myhouseofworship.org. Thank you and have a blessed day.